Hello, and a very warm welcome to This Woman's Work, a space where you can hear and read about some amazing women, the fantastic jobs they do, and the paths that have led them to where they are today. So if you're not in a great place in mm. your own, you know, yeah. head, how, I mean, again, you don't, you don't no, have to answer this. How did you personally react to COVID then? Very badly. I was going to say. So. Yeah, so I, during the lockdowns, I realised... A were, lot. You, and were you scared a lot of it? Oh, I was terrified. I thought I was going to yeah. die. Yeah. I thought I was going to die. I'd kill my parents, probably my brother and his wife as well, um, because I th- I'm sure lots of people felt like me because we were so frightened. But also, I will overegg any situation. Yeah. Anything. I, I mean, will. The whole thing that is yeah. completely the wrong time for you. hundred percent. And then I was on my own. So for the first lockdown, I don't mind saying to the listeners, I I got incredibly unwell. Um, and when the second one, excuse me, when the second one happened, which would have been the the end of December to the April, maybe? Yeah. Because of the state of my mental health. And at this point, helpfully, some diagnoses, plural, that I had received, I was able to bubble with my parents because I was not seen as safe to be on my own. Which is actually really awful when you think about that. Um, and I then got my little dog, Tabitha, yeah. love of my life, apart from my husband, obviously. <laughs> um, <Love the laughs> just to say that out there quickly. Um, and she is our salon dog. Who She is out the room at the minute, but she is here with me. She's going to be so cross with you. She'll, she'll be really that. cross because she does like, like she, a chat. Got, she really so does really enjoy herself. Um, and she... Aside from my family, kept me going. Yeah. So I got my little dog, and she wasn't one of these lockdown dogs that I hadn't thought of. I'd had dogs before. Yeah. They'd passed away. I yeah. had cats, still have cats. And um, she gave me a reason to leave my house every day to take for a walk. Yeah. Whereas before, I don't leave my house, I don't talk to anybody, yeah. um, was at the point where I know my family now it's just like a pity party. I'm so sorry. No, not at all. They didn't think I was going to be alive anymore. Right. That yeah. was where we were. It yeah. was incredibly serious. Um, and again, I think hindsight, looking back, I knew how bad I was, but I didn't know, yeah, you didn't know how that. bad it yeah. was. Yeah. Because when you live with mental illness, it could be anything. It could be bipolar, anxiety, depression, uh, body, anything. You deal with it. That's your life. So you don't realise how bad it is. Well, you've you established used to it. mechanisms, used to don't it. you? This is just who I am. Yeah. I always ask people, if people say, if someone ever asks, or not them, ever asks me if you have depression, if it comes up in conversation, they always say, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, I don't say sorry, I'm used to it. Like, it's not, to me, it's normal. Yeah. I feel desperately sorry for someone who hasn't ever had it and then gets it, because they've lived without it. Whereas I, I, I like to joke that I came out of my mother depressed. So that's the thing, but you didn't necessarily realise any of this. No, I, I was until always, almost. Yeah, I did. Triggered. It. I was medicated. <laughs> it sound awful. I was medicated from my late teens through okay. to thirty. Yeah. With Prozac. Yeah. But again, I was used to it. So I took a tablet in the morning, got yeah. on with it, and I think and back did that then, work? Do you mind yeah, yeah, it's fine. yeah. Back then, it wasn't discussed, yeah. and it wasn't ever that anyone said to me, "We don't talk about this." It just wasn't. It just wasn't discussed. 
And it was only the older I've got. And I would probably even say the past two years, I've become so open to the point, I don't care. Yeah. Because I think we all are so hard on ourselves. And if my struggles could help you, yeah, could help someone else, because... If it does come into conversation, you know, you and I got on from the get-go. Yeah. But I'm not normally open with my clients because I like yeah. to be a master of disguise. <laughs> I don't people to know the real me. Yes, yeah. However, the past two years, I have been much more open. And the overwhelming response has always been, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. you don't know. And this is what this is why I tell people. Because I don't walk around like the Grim Reaper with a whatever that thing's called. Slave. 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 That. That thing. That's when I'm at home on my own, I do that. <laughs> but people have this perception of mental illness yeah. that you... No, actually, no, I do have my own business. My husband is wonderful. Yeah. I, at times, can be quite entertaining. Yeah. I've got friends. Only yeah. two, because I'm very insular. Yeah. But I am chronically depressed. Yeah. Chronically depressed. But- just but people coping don't, with but you, it day in, day out. Because you've out. got to. Yeah. Because you either do what happened to me a few years ago and it nearly won, or you think, right, come on, yeah. let's let's try and not, not even beat this, but let's just muddle alongside it. So what I started to do a couple of years ago, I have an Instagram. Oh, and I, can I ask, was this mm. on your own or was this, this someone encouraging you to this do is this me. as part of therapy? The or? reason why. So I was at a, I had a place at a um, hospital, yeah. a unit, not a secure one. Yeah. I was an outpatient. Um, and But equally, it wasn't fully voluntary. No, I didn't want to go. Let's <laughs> yeah. put it that way. Yeah. And if I didn't volunteer to go, there would have been a white coat coming out yeah, with some yeah. sort of belt on the front and I would have been taken in. Yeah. Um, man, at this point, I was never a danger to anyone but myself. <laughs> I'm quite a nice oh. person, really. Yeah. Um, I had this weird epiphany and whether or not something triggered it, I really can't remember... But I realised that I get triggered very easily with certain buzzwords. That if someone says things to me, it's like I want to just... It really makes me cross. And I would then get have a bit of a pity party. I think people need to be more careful with what they say. Yeah. And then I realised, but why would they be? Because I don't know. So if I'm not being honest with people and saying, look, people who know me really well... No, you look at pictures of me from this time four years ago, I am not the same person. Yeah. But if you don't know me that well and you want to come to the salon and tell me about your great new diet or Slimming World, Weight Watchers, with my history, that is not something I want to hear about. No. Or if someone was to say to me, again, very um, niche, what I would take as a um, criticism or a, a... slight at me when I was so poorly would be you're looking really well yeah at my point in my recovery that person's calling me fat because when you say you look well you look healthy yeah yeah for years you probably gathered by this point I have an eating disorder so for years well two years at this point my god you're so thin are you all right are you ill you don't look well what so I was so used to people telling me how ill I looked I then embark on to recovery or into recovery and people say, me I look well. And I think, oh, my God, fat. I'm fat. Yeah. yeah. So then I'd do, I'd behave in a Gosh. way. And how did you come to all of this? Was it through the care or was it on your own? Um, so it was, again, my, my family. Right. So I lost a dramatic amount of weight very quickly when I was being bullied. And now I know, 
through all this therapy that it was a control thing. Um, And it's weird when I look back... I don't even know if I knew I was doing it. I've, I've got no memory of it. it no. I, 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 know, I have snippets of what I was going through, but it wasn't that I, I sat there and thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop eating. Yeah. And see what happens. I, I never did that. Yeah, it wasn't Never. But it's never is though. Never. Is it, do you think? I, don't, I think the only right way an eating disorder would start in that respect would be if you embarked on a diet. Yeah. And then or thought, I look good. Or maybe doing yeah. it for a take Yeah, whereas for me... And I remember going to the local medical practice and speaking to a, a counsellor. And I was, I was telling her all this stuff. And she, I remember her saying to me, it sounds like you've got an eating disorder. And I thought, me? Absol- that's absolute rubbish. I'd sit yeah. and, and eat and inhale a whole thing of after eight chocolates in one night if I fancied it. I've never been... I think as women, we're always aware yeah. of how we look. Yeah, but I wouldn't yeah. ever say I've been someone who would be transfixed. No. Never, never, ever, ever. Um and quite sadly... So you really weren't aware of it? No, no. Because what happens is, well, for me, I then developed a, a, a condition called body dysmorphia, which came with the anorexia, which is you don't see yourself how people do. Yes. So I sort of look in the mirror and see this um, dollop, yeah. for want of a better word, and actually I was emaciated and my period just stopped, my hair was falling out. Yeah. So when people would say to me, you're too thin, I'd get quite cross. I'd be like, are you mad? Because yeah. I didn't see it. It's it's really frightening when you look back. Yeah. Um, and very sadly, even though this uh, counsellor or therapist has said to me, you've got an eating disorder, I didn't tell anybody. I don't know why. I'll keep it secret. <laughs> it's not like anyone yeah. didn't know, but I just wouldn't talk about it. And then it was only during COVID. But if you weren't in the place to admit it to yourself. Thank you. Um, you cannot, be it an addiction to alcohol, drugs, gambling... You cannot help someone unless they're ready to help themselves. Yeah. So I was very aware of a lot of hushed voices around me. Oh, yeah, shooting. What do you mean, my? So I'd, again, I'd, I would be probably nearer an argument that I am most of the time because yeah. I was. I didn't know what was going on with me. I don't know what what on earth was happening. And then the only good thing that happened because of COVID was I got so ill that it wasn't an option. And yeah. my brother. He did break the lockdown rules, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. At, at this point, this was the first lockdown. He phoned me and I was actually bathing my dog upstairs and he rang me and he said, where are you? I said, I'm in the house, why? I'm at your back door, can you come and answer it? So I thought my granny had died because at that oh, point she yeah. was elderly, light of my life and I was terrified. And I got to the back door and he looked at me and said, she's not dead. <laughs> For years oh, I've been frightened. Right. Sadly, yeah. she has now passed away, but... And he sat me down and he said, um, where do you think Chris is? That's my husband. And it was like a Friday afternoon at two o'clock. So I said, at work? He went, no. He's at mum and dad's house with Christine. That's where I've been as well. Um, and I've been sent here to talk to you. And I was like, what? So it was an intervention? It was an intervention. And my brother, Gosh, he's two years older. Yeah. He's probably the only person I listened to. Right, only person. Okay. I wonder. I was going to say, yeah. how out of the group of. Them, I think they decided he was, was the like safest a... bet. Yeah, it's pulling sure. a short straw. I don't think yeah. anyone wants to do it. And he said, basically, um, I'm here to say this is where it stops now. Right. This is it. And um, he, I don't know if he, under my mother's instructions, phoned the GP surgery. And when you listen, if I can't remember what it was, but if you're in danger of yeah. hurting yourself, so press one. Yes. Yeah. Like, okay. 
And he made me put it on speakerphone. Right. Because I was quite deceptive at this point. Right. I'd do whatever I could to get out of eating or... Talk, look, even talking anything. about it. Didn't yeah. care. Yeah. Didn't care at all. And um, so I pressed the number and they said, can we help? I said, yeah, I think I'm going to kill myself. And that was it. And then from there... So that was um, literally the first thing you did. Yeah, that. because I, I was. That was where yeah. I was. Sorry, guys, this is depressing. But that's where I was. I was yeah. going to kill myself. And because I was so unwell, I had convinced myself that was fantastic. Yeah. This was a great... It, well, I felt no sadness at all. And what I would say to people, if anyone's listening who is worried about someone they love or yeah. a friend, when they become quite calm and relaxed... Having been managed... That's when you need to be worried. Right. Because what happens is you come to this place of peace that you think, OK, I'm not worried anymore. It's going to come to an end, yeah. That's it. And, again, your brain will play tricks on you and I'd come up, 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 up over, you know, anything that I would think, oh, you shouldn't do it, I'd think, well, if I... Mum and Dad won't worry about me anymore. Yeah. And I hate seeing them worried. Tick. Yeah. My husband, God love him, damn attractive guy. He'll meet someone else. Tick. Yeah. My niece and nephew, who were little, they won't remember me. Tick. So I went yeah. through the whole thing. I remember thinking about this place. Someone went my room. It's ready to go. And I was so... It's fine. Yeah. Um, and I still look back to that day. I remember it. It was Friday the 13th of February. I, mem- I remember it. Gosh. What would have happened if my brother hadn't come over? <gasps> It's all the days then. That was the day. And it was his 40th um, back in April and I had to do a speech at his meal, which was particularly distressing for me. And I I did say to him, it was really embarrassing because I was really crying, um, full on snots, wet face, uh, quivering chin, all of that. And I did say, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here anymore. That fat, 100%. And, And it's a really horrible thing to think about. However... I do think everything happens for a reason. And if, had I not have been that low at that point when he came over, I don't know. Would I have just put the face on? So I'm not calling the doctors. I don't know what I would have done. However, I think I was... I didn't have any fight left in me, so I just thought, I can't bother to fake it anymore. Yeah, I think, you know, that's how bad it is. And then from there, I got a place, at a, a unit in a, a city near us. Yeah. And, and that's where it went. And then when I got there they weigh you and they do all this stuff and I was told that if my weight dropped any lower I would be an impatient right. and they would remove my driving licence from me because right. I wasn't safe to drive because of the fear so of fainting because so, you're so weak you. yeah they were absolute bull, excuse me ball busters which at the time I remember being really offended by <laughs> excuse me dare you not dare you speak to me clubs. like yeah. this but actually they did say to me one of the first things they said was right fork in the road here this is the, the fact you've got a space here you are one of the lucky ones because the waiting list is, you know. Right. So you've got one of two options. I'm going to leave you to think about this while I make a coffee. So I'm sitting there. You either take this route and you get better. Yeah. Or you don't, you die. That's your choice. And I'm not going to not going to argue with you. I remember sitting there thinking, oh, it's a bit rude. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. But because it was a specialist eating disorder unit, they have to be hard. Yeah. They have to, because this is it. You you will die. If you continue doing this, you are going to die. Be it by your own hand, your body gives up, whatever. Yeah. You are going to die. So we'll leave you with that for a minute. And, and and that was it. And they came back, what do you want? And I thought, mm. <laughs> all right. I, say, <laughs> I, don't yeah. I don't know. Um, and that was it. And 
for the next couple of years, I absolutely hated it. And I got cross with them and I and I would question why they're asking me certain things or why I had to do homework in my middle 30s and why am I doing this? And they would do, you know, looking back, you think, you clever sod. I know you knew what you were doing. But yeah. at the time, I remember having to do this list, write, write two letters, one letter to your eating disorder and your depression as a friend. Next letter, as an enemy. Right. So as a friend, it would be, you make me feel safe. Yeah. You're the only one who understands me. Okay. You're the only constant in my life. When I'm feeling all at sea, you give me that comfort. Sexy. If I don't eat, I'll feel better immediately. Yeah. But actually, I was really surprised. I look at both. The, the friend one was about four lines and the enemy was, I was double say, side. I was going to still got them? Yeah, I've still got it. And, you know, the enemy, I sat and cried, which at this point I didn't really let myself do. And it was, you've taken everything. You've ruined my life. I've got no friends. And I was so shocked. And when you went to start writing, did you know that any of that was there? No, it just came out. And one thing they told me at, at, at the hospital, which I'll never forget, is... With something like this, a, a, a disease, let's call it. No, it is, yeah. Its goal is to kill you. That is what it wants. And yeah. it doesn't want to ruin your life. It wants you to... And if, like me and many of thousands of others who thankfully have, God being willing, got through that stage, it will make your life hard. Yeah. Because it hasn't got what it wants. So yeah. every day, which I, I deal with now, it is really hard. And I romanticise a lot about the past. I look back at pictures when I was really thin. I think, <laughs> looking good. I wasn't. Yeah. But that's how, because the disease is still there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wants you to think It wants me to go straight back. Yeah. And the minute I get bad news, the minute I get really stressed, what do I think? I won't eat. But actually, I know that isn't going to solve it. That is like a a temporary fix for a big problem. Yeah. And it will just be a bigger problem. Um, and going back to what you originally asked me, being open with people, I hope will make people understand it a bit more. Because when I first got my place at the Bradgate unit, um, and I had to do all of these questionnaires and loads of, oh my God, I remember getting this thing to my house. It was like this thick. And I had to answer all these questions. And... Um, when they rang, oh, I got a letter to say you, you've got anorexia and also autism. <laughs> that was interesting. Oh my yeah. God. That came with what happened. I didn't have it before. Yeah. Um, I remember poo-pooing it and thinking, no, I don't. And my therapist said to me, why, why, why aren't you taking it seriously? And I said, because I, I, don't, I don't look like I've got anorexia. And so it's because you've romanticised it. You think of someone with anorexia with tubes up their nose in a bed, they can't walk, whereas you've got a full-time job. Yeah. You walk your dog five miles a day. So in your mind, you haven't got it. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> you clever. <laughs> you clever. So, so again, it was these yeah. things that at the time I think, why are you making me do this? It's yeah. stupid. And then they trick you. Trick shot. They get you at the end and you're like, oh, okay. Wow. Um, yeah, so th- when it came back that I was autistic, I think, again, friends and family would say, yeah, I saw that one coming. 100%. But only since I'd been poorly. Yeah. Wasn't. And they actually said to me, when I discussed this time of stress at my last job, I just say it was a blip. They actually told me I had a nervous breakdown. And that's what caused everything. Right. And it was almost the same reaction to your brain. I don't mean to sound flippant with this, but it's like a, a brain injury. If you yeah. have a car crash and hit your brain, it will never be quite the same. Quite the same. And when they told me I had a nervous breakdown, I felt really sorry for myself. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's awful. 
I had no idea. Because yeah. I was this manic sort of... But is that not quite good, though? Yeah, I know. Maybe for the first now, time. I'm like, felt, oh, yeah. that's bad. Yeah. That is really bad. Um, and it was right to feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, it was. And I, and I do still think my friends especially will say I have a very bad habit of using humour as a coping mechanism. But what I will say to, again, anyone who's worried about somebody or could be themselves, when I stop making jokes at my own expense, then you should be worried. Yeah. Because yeah. if I can find it funny, well, it's not really. It's, it's a level of balance. Yeah, because I'm yeah. like, oh, here's me. But mm. I would rather make jokes and have it in the open and, and, than sit like I was yeah. and not talk to anyone. Yeah. Because that is only going to end one way. Whereas if you can kind of make light of it, we all know it's not funny. It's gallows humour. It is. And I think as British people, we're quite good at that. We are, it's what we do. We kind of make jokes of, you know, things aren't that funny, but let's have a laugh. Let's have a laugh anyway. And that's what we do here. Going back to the job, that's what we do here a lot. We laugh about things that maybe aren't that funny. So when you came out of COVID then... Mm -hmm. Had you, so you were still a day case in? Yes. But you started up again? Yeah, came back. Um, time makes you forget, doesn't it? It does. Um, it does hasn't, like I hadn't even ago. been back that long. And then, you know, it's that thing of swimming against the tide or wading through treacle. So you're going through it. And then my granny, who, well, there's pictures of her all over here. I can talk about her now without crying, but just. The she was my heart. Yeah, died. Yeah. Um. And so just when you think you want yeah. a bit of a yeah, so you're like, okay, yeah. And because of COVID, going from seeing her about four times a day to nothing, I hadn't seen her the whole of COVID. Oh. And then when she got taken to hospital, I was with her, and I was yeah. with her in hospital from the Monday till the Friday when she died. I hadn't seen her, and I know. When when that happened, uh, people were very worried about me, obviously. Yeah. Um, but in fact, the granny, she, well, she got to 104. Bloody hell. 104. Wow. She was sharp as a tack, strong as an ox, the most positive, interested person you'll ever meet. Wow. She was, she, she was an oracle. She knew everything. She was just... My best friend in the world. Yeah, yeah. My, the, just my everything. And um, she, when she died, and, you, you know, you're looking around at my mother, so she was my, my paternal, excuse me, my, my maternal grandmother, and I'm looking at all the hurt and the upset, and I'm, because people, I say, very, very worried about me. And obviously my weight plummeted straight away. Yeah. Coping mechanism, what you do, granny's died, let's not eat. Yeah. Because that's going to help everybody. And, um, but actually I was looking around at at my loved ones and the pain that they're in. And I thought, I couldn't do this to them. Yeah. So it did something else. It was really, really strange. You saw death. I saw it. And I thought, how could I choose to do this? That is horrible. And I can't, I can't call it a switch, but it was a realisation. Yeah. And I, I did struggle a lot with my weight then. Because my body, it was almost like, come on, help me out. My body went into absolute free fall. So the day after she died, I got an abscess on my gum. I got a kidney infection. I was being sick. Like, my body just went. And I remember phoning the doctor. I don't think I pressed number one this time, but I phoned them and I was like, they gave me some diazepam, basically. And the only way I can describe it was my body's visceral reaction. It couldn't live without her. It couldn't live without her. And I went into absolute... 
shutdown. It was yeah. horrible because I'm trying to look after my mum. And I'm yeah. like, so I'm just going to go and vomit. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't, I, I don't know. Still don't know what that was. Really, really strange. Gosh. But I came back to work and you just think, okay. The only thing that really made me, well, the only thing that made me sad about Granny dying, there's a lot that made me sad, was that we'd always tried to protect her. Always. We had a, a discussion in the family. We wouldn't tell her yeah. what was wrong with me. Yeah. Because I've never been a particularly well person, she said, oh, darling, you're so thin. I'd say, oh, I've had a bad tummy. Yeah. So we wouldn't say anything. Yeah. And I should probably give her justice. I'm sure she knew. She wasn't yeah, stupid, she but she didn't say it. And when she died, because I do have a belief in the afterlife, I felt very sad that she'd yeah. now know. That really bothered me. Right. But that's just my own... Because I like to think yeah, they're all waiting for us. Yeah, she can be around you. And, yeah. yeah, so that really made me sad that I think, ah, damn, now she'll know it all. She'll know it all. Yeah. Um, however, if you do know Granny, sorry sorry that we fibbed. Like, however... She'll have known. She, of course she did. But it, I think, again, a generation, I can't even say a different generation, you think of that generation, would it... I'm sure there would have been people with eating disorders, but it wouldn't be like it was now, you know, no. so... So give her a due, she would have known, but we just didn't want to yeah, we didn't want to discuss it because she was so old, sorry. Yeah. And you don't want to put that onto somebody. No. I know you have a little life in you yet. I know you have a lot of strength left. I know you 